Hi, we're the Mind-Body Couple. I'm Tanner Murtaugh. And I'm Anne Hampson. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind-body concerns. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. Hi, everyone. We want to talk about somatic tracking today. Mm-hmm. We've done it before, but we want to talk about a bit more in depth and maybe where people might struggle. Yeah. And if you haven't heard about somatic tracking, mm-hmm. you should go back. I think it was like the third or fourth episode we ever did. Yeah. Which was almost a year ago. My God. It's pretty wild. That's crazy right? how fast time goes. And so I'll give a little summary here of what somatic tracking is, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to dive into eight tips and tricks for somatic tracking. Mm -hmm. So somatic tracking is one of the main techniques used in pain reprocessing therapy. Yeah. And somatic tracking, what it is, it's a brain retraining exercise. Mm -hmm. Because with neuroplastic pain and symptoms, what happens is the brain has basically learned to produce the pain or physical sensation people are experiencing, and it's learned it really well. Yes. So I always think about our kids. Mm-hmm. Like when our kids were growing up, well, they're still growing up, but when they were in the first year of life, there's like this explosion of them learning things. Yeah. They're learning to say their first sounds, their first words, their first steps, they're walking, they're doing things, they're learning how to talk back to us. They're learning all sorts of things. And so our brain is really good at learning. Yes. It's just the unfortunate part is it can learn unhelpful things. Right. Such as chronic pain and symptoms. And so somatic tracking is a brain retraining where we're basically teaching the brain that the sensations we're experiencing in the body are actually completely safe. Yes. And by using it consistently, it can actually reduce pain or symptoms, Mm -hmm. or help them become eliminated. Mm -hmm. Now, the three pieces of somatic tracking, just to summarize these, are mindfulness, so awareness of the body and the sensations that are taking place, safety reappraisal, so we're giving these cognitive messages of safety, reminding our brain that we're actually completely okay, our body's healthy. And the third is that fancy term called positive affect induction. Yes. Which really just means anything that can lighten the mood. Right. And bringing in kind of a different experience to it. That's a bit more light and easy. Pain can feel so serious. Yeah. Physical symptoms can feel really serious. And so positive affect induction, what we're trying to do is get our brain into this positive state of mind Mm -hmm. as we're observing the sensations. Mm -hmm. And that's different for a lot of people, I think, because normally... When the pain comes on, the instinct is to approach it with frustration, with anger, with trying to get rid of it, um, with fear. And so this is very different to that. It's very different. And so we get a lot of questions about somatic tracking. Which makes sense because I think this isn't, this is not easy. And it's almost asking people to do, like I was saying about different, do something completely opposite to what they're used to. Yeah, because you think most of us, when we experience anything that's unpleasant, Mm -hmm. including pain or symptoms, is we avoid. Right, which makes sense. Everything we can to avoid it, myself included. This is what drove my pain to escalate over the years. And 
what we're asking people to do is actually this exposure of approaching. Mm -hmm. So instead of avoiding, we're actually actively approaching the sensations. Mm -hmm. And that can feel really weird for people. Yes. And I know a lot of people say, well, I have pain all the time. I'm always approaching. But it's approaching it in this different way and a different yeah. relationship. Yeah. And most people are experiencing, especially if they're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. pain or symptoms all the time. Yeah. But we're still doing everything we can to avoid it. It's a difference. Yes. And, you know, learning somatic tracking. And on my YouTube channel, I actually have quite a few somatic trackings just up there for free that that can help people get an idea of what the technique actually looks like. Yeah. Now, of course, when we're working with people in session, we're individualizing it. Mm -hmm. Because I always tell people there are hundreds of ways you could do somatic tracking. Totally. And so when we're working with people, we're really trying to individualize and find out, like, what's the best way to do this for that person's brain and nervous system? Well, and I think that's a really important point, Tanner, because sometimes I think we can get hung up on doing it right or doing it a certain way, or doing it the way they do it. But that's not necessarily what it's about or how it goes. We want those three kind of components in there, but it's almost doing it with the right attitude, yeah. more so than maybe the actual technique and what it looks like. And some of these tips and tricks that we're going to talk about, the eight of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> my favorite number is eight. <laughs> <laughs> weird I thought, I thought I'd throw that in there. That's what, you know, there could have been seven tips and tricks, but I wanted there to be eight just because I like the number eight. Okay, this is a weird segue. It's a bonus one. I threw an extra one in there for people. We and we thank you yeah, for that. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Weird little detour we took there. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Anne's face is telling me she didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But hopefully you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Eight tips and tricks for somatic tracking. Mm -hmm. Number one. Yes. Cultivate outcome independence. Yes. I think this is the biggest one. If we had to like rate the eight, this would rate first. That's as as That's why the I, put it I one. know, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I mean rate the first is in importance. I know that's why I put it as number one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fine. There's a lot of thought going to these lists of mine, as yeah. you can see. Yeah. Outcome independence. So what this is, is we are engaging in somatic tracking or really in any brain retraining independent of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing it independent of trying to make the pain or symptom go away. Which I think is the hardest thing for people. And that's completely valid yeah because the reason you're on this mind body journey yes the reason you're listening to this podcast right now and some of our really awful jokes <laughs> is because you want your pain or symptoms to go away yes and we appreciate that i get that i've been there but if we put all this pressure mm -hmm. on trying to make the symptom change or do something yes. during the tracking it just escalates everything. So it's not about not wanting the pain to go away. It's just about how we're approaching that when we're doing the tracking. Yeah. And I've heard people use the analogy before. I think it was Alan Gordon of the stock market. And I actually relate to this a mm -hmm. lot. Because when you're putting money into stocks, mm -hmm. right? I'm being responsible. Put money in stocks. I'm trying to make sure that we have a nice retirements. When I first was doing this, here's what I did. 
you know, four or five times a day, I go on my phone. Like, where's my stocks at? Mm -hmm. What's going on with them? Yeah. And the problem is, is like day to day, it's all over the place. It can be very volatile, kind of like our chronic pain or symptoms. Yeah. It can be very volatile if we're checking in on it minute by minute. But long term, as you invest more in the stock market, usually it comes around and you see this trend where things start to improve. Right. It's the same thing with chronic pain and symptoms. And so in the short run, we're trying to just create safety. Mm -hmm. While we do somatic tracking, we're just trying to change the emotional response. Yes. In the long run, we want the pain or symptom to go away, but that's how we get there. And so I almost tell people, you don't have to get rid of the goal. Just don't make that the goal during the tracking. Mm -hmm. That can be your goal long term. We're not yeah. going to lie to ourselves here that that isn't the goal. Yes. But in the short run, how we get there is we cultivate outcome independence. And we're trying to just be in our body with the sensations, change the relationship we have with yeah. them. Yeah. And I tell people, if we need like a focus or a goal, our focus is just to try to approach without fear. Mm -hmm. And if that happened, regardless of what the pain did, great. Yeah. A really important experience that I want to mention, because some people panic when they're doing somatic tracking sometimes, mm -hmm. and the pain or symptoms higher by the end. Mm -hmm. But my question to them is, okay, but what was your response like? Totally. Because that matters more. It's yes. actually a really important corrective experience when you do somatic tracking and the pain or symptom gets higher, but you actually feel calmer. Yes, and that's great. And it's also the great to know if the pain or symptoms get higher during something like somatic tracking, that's not wrong or bad. Because I think a lot of people can come to that conclusion of like, well, my pain went up, uh, I'm doing it wrong, or this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Oh, <laughs> I laugh at this one because uh, Tanner needs this like every day, all day long. I might need this right now. I feel like a bit. Well, I'm excited about this okay, episode. Okay. Okay, number two. Lower the intensity level. Yes, lower the intensity level. So a lot of times it's the way we're focusing during somatic tracking that matters. Mm. And for a lot of people with neuroplastic pain and symptoms, we're intense. We're, we're an intense <laughs> group of people. Yeah. Not everyone. I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to make a stereotype, but it is a common trait that's out there. And look, intensity can be a great trait. It mm -hmm. does a lot for people. It can be like really help us be successful. It can help us get, you know, get going. Just yeah. when it comes to pain, it's not great. Oh, it's it's a bad trait to have. I know it's <laughs> it from experience. It can perpetuate the pain. Yes. And during the tracking, it's a really bad trait to have. Yes. And so when you think about lowering the intensity level, like how are you focusing on the pain? Mm -hmm. Because for a lot of people, they get locked on. They're like locked on to it. I always imagine <laughs> kind of like a hawk or an eagle in a mm -hmm. field. And if it saw a mouse and it's just nose diving down. Yes. That's how people focus on their pain sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I think that's true. And it can be hard to know if that locked on is happening because we tell yeah. people, we're like, okay, observe your pain, be go towards it, be curious about it. And so it makes sense that that locked on can happen. It's almost like how, how are we approaching it? Are we stressed when we're doing it? Are we really trying to figure it out? Are we really watching? Or are we just kind of relaxed and sharing yeah. space? And this can be hard for people to figure out because yeah. they might have focused on the pain or symptom for so long like this. Yeah. But here's a little experiment that everyone can run. Oh. I know. I got an experiment. I like this. This is good, right? Yeah, good job, Tanner. <laughs> so what you can do is if 
people scan their body right now and pick out a place that feels neutral or feels mm-hmm. pleasant. And all I want you to do is notice it and focus on that sensation. Mm-hmm. Even for 30 seconds right now, just focus on the sensation in your body that feels the nicest. Could be a warm, fuzzy sensation. Could be a nice, pressury sensation. Okay, but I'm, do- I'm doing it. You're too. doing it too. Yeah. And what people will notice is that's how you want to focus on your pain. Because mm-hmm. we don't focus often on like pleasant sensations with this like intense locked on feeling. We're kind of just enjoying the experience. We're floating along with it. And so sometimes this can be a useful shift for people to use of focusing on the pleasant sensation at first and then shift to the pain Mm -hmm. and see if you can take that same lens that you focused with and then shift it on the pain. Yeah, and this isn't easy. And so I think it's important to note that this might take some time exploring for people practicing um, because again this is telling people to approach the pain in such a different way than they're used to yes okay number three number three let go of control mm-hmm. now this really leads into like a desired outcome or intensity it's kind of a mix yeah but i i mention it because it can feel a little different to people mm-hmm. so we got to stop trying to control it. We can't actually observe the pain with lightness and ease if we're always kind of trying to control what it's doing during the tracking. Yes. And so this could look a number of different ways. Some people, of course, are trying to force it to go away. Yeah. Some people are just trying to force it from not getting worse. Yeah. Or just to stay the exact same and not move around because that freaks them out. But that level of control... Now, all of a sudden, you have a desired outcome. Mm-hmm, and now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're focusing with a lot of intensity, trying to make something happen. And I think something important to say here is sometimes we can have an experience with somatic tracking and then expect the next one to be like that one. And we can get into controlling in that way yes. as well. I've seen that happen so many times. Yeah. Where I've done, you know, I say I do somatic tracking with someone the first time. Yes. And then all of a sudden, and it goes great. But then mm-hmm. what happens is people try to force that experience right. over and over and over again. And I remember doing this as well Yeah. when I was healing, where you know at first I wasn't expecting much. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the pain shot down. Mm-hmm. But then I was just trying to replicate over and over. So there's this element of control. Um, Alan Gordon, he talks about like not gripping the steering wheel so hard. Yes. And I like that analogy. He talks about just being the passenger in the car. Mm-hmm. Because, and some people don't like that. A lot of people that are controlling, as you know me, I like to drive mm-hmm. uh, for good reason. I'm working on it, I promise. Um, but there's a level of control that's taking place. And that happens with somatic tracking. Now, we did a whole episode on letting go of control. Yes. Not that long ago. So if you're, if, this is really speaking to people. Go back and listen to that because we give some tips on ways you can start to reduce your level of control, which can then help lend to how you're doing the somatic tracking. Yeah. Number four, mm-hmm. curiosity. Yes. And and what does curiosity look like, Tanner? Curiosity. This is how I always view curiosity. Is I want people to imagine like a curious kitten. <laughs> curious puppy mm-hmm. they basically 
emulate what curiosity is. Yeah, totally. When we brought, I always think of Harry, because mm-hmm. Harry's like the lightest of our yeah. animals. He's he's goofy. He's having a good time. He's enjoying himself. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for. And he was so sweet and kind of excited about everything. Oh, yeah. I think I maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast. I remember when Harry first saw a banana. <laughs> His little cat mind was just blown away. Yeah. And he was so curious and interested in that. Yes. And Deb Dana, she talks about how as soon as we become curious, mm. we bring in ventral vagal, safe and connected energy. Yeah. And we want to bring, like when we're moving towards the pain sensations, that's the type of energy we want to approach with. Yeah. So we want to get really good at describing mm. and noticing the sensations. Yeah. But also note it's called tracking because we're noticing what they're doing over the course of the exercise. Mm-hmm. We're actually we're not there's no desired outcome. We're not trying to control it. We're just kind of curious and interested of how is this gonna play out. Totally. And if it stays exactly the same, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's about okay. But what was my response to it? That am I in fear? Am I still being curious about it? And so, and I really want to emphasize that to people because sometimes we can think, oh, it's supposed to do something, and then that pressure shoots up. Yeah. So we want to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Number five. Mm. Notice the sympathetic or dorsal vagal state mm-hmm. that's behind the pain or symptom. Right. So what I mean by this is notice the fight, flight, freeze, or shutdown Mm -hmm. that's happening behind the symptom. Yes. This can be important because a lot of times we're not even, we're so focused on the pain that we don't even notice the dysregulation behind it. Mm -hmm. And actually shifting there and working on soothing that, calming that, caring for that kind of energy that we're feeling in our system can be really beneficial for people. Mm-hmm. And so I ask people, you know, is there is there any anxiety going on in there? What are those emotions going on there? And it's okay to kind of check in on that and acknowledge that in your body. Yes. And this is a key one that I have people do a lot mm-hmm. um, because it's also just building body awareness. Yes. Because people get really good at focusing on pain and symptoms, but they miss a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times that fight, flight, freeze, shut down energy behind it could be what's driving it. Well, that's it. And we want to create safety with both, mm-hmm. with with both for all sensations. Yeah. Number six, mm-hmm. practice somatic tracking when you're in a ventral vagal state of safety and connection or a pleasant mood. I like that because then it gives you opportunity to notice, okay, what am I feeling in my body when this, when I'm in this state. Yeah. It's easier because if people pick the time they're feeling the most depressed mm-hmm. or most anxious, yeah. it's going to be really hard to create safety. Yes. But if you pick a time where you're actually experiencing pain, but you're feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like emotionally, you're feeling good. You're feeling safe. Like you're, you're likely to have a corrective experience if you do that. Well, that's right. And it's kind of naturally leaning in to something that feels good already instead of trying to fabricate it or create that for your somatic tracking experience. Yeah. And I did this a lot when I was recovering is I would pick those opportunities when I was experiencing symptoms 
but feeling emotionally more regulated. Mm. And by doing that, you're much more likely to have that corrective experience, as yes. we're saying. Okay. Number seven. We're mm -hmm. speeding through these. Yeah. Number seven, use informal somatic tracking. Yeah, and I really like this one um, because I think this is also a place we want to get. And so we want to make it, we want to get to the place where it's on the fly um, throughout our day, where it doesn't have to be this big meditation sit down um, that just kind of becomes our first response to pain. Yeah, and long term, what we're trying to do is help people create a relationship with their body. Yeah. There's one based on safety. Mm -hmm. And so my hope with people, whether I'm doing somatic tracking or just somatic awareness in general, is that they actually start consistently, almost informally doing it. Mm -hmm. So when we say informal somatic tracking, that could look like you have two minutes yes. as you're walking to your car. Yeah. And you're noticing the sensations, you're being curious, you're observing them, you're giving messages of safety. Maybe you're leaning to the nice sensations of moving mm. your body and you move on. Yeah, that could be the same as like you're out, you're at a dinner with friends, you notice some pain, kind of you're sitting in the chair, that pain in your back flares up, then you do the same thing. Yeah. When I was recovering, I talked about this in our somatic tracking episode. Mm. Modern family. Yes. We haven't talked about modern family on this podcast in a long time. I don't know. I feel like it was recent. You think it's recent? I do yeah, love talking about modern family. You bring this up a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it was really helpful because and it was informal. Mm -hmm. We'd be sitting, we'd be joking around, we'd be watching modern family. And I would just be checking in with my body, giving messages of safety, yeah. lean into the nice sensation of the show. Yes. And that counts because I have a lot of people come to me and be like, I'm not doing enough somatic tracking, but they are. They're doing it all over the place. They're just not doing it in this formal meditation type zone on their bed, listening to a recording. Yeah. Doesn't always have to be in this meditation no. form. No. Kind of this long form somatic tracking. It can be if yeah. that's how you enjoy doing it. Some people really like that. Yeah. But if you're struggling with that, try the informal way. Mm-hmm. If you do somatic tracking for two minutes at a time, but you do that 10 times a day, yes, and you did that consistently, that's going to have an effect over time, typically. Well, and that brings us to point number eight of consistency. Yeah. Number eight, consistency. Mm -hmm. Now, this goes a little bit into opposition of intensity. So we want to be careful here because mm -hmm. I've worked, you know, I've heard people on like my YouTube channel, like yeah. people reaching out being like, I'm doing somatic tracking 20, 30 times a day. That's a lot of somatic tracking. That's, yeah. that's a lot. The intensity is there. And so it's a balance because I know everyone wants us to give like a certain number, like do somatic tracking three times a day. Yeah. I don't know what the right number is for you. No. 30 is probably a little bit high uh, in my opinion. <laughs> But consistency is important because if you're only doing this like brain retraining kind of exposure mm. once every three days, mm -hmm. it's going to take so long. Yeah. Because you have to think of all the other experiences you're having with pain every single day mm -hmm. that are going in opposition of the one time you do somatic tracking every three days. Totally. And I like to talk with people about the idea, like when you're, if you're bodybuilding or, you know, you're growing your muscles bigger, you have to keep that up. You have to flex that muscle over and over again. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. it really is. So consistency, but not intensity. Right. 
And so, and that can be kind of like, how does it feel when you're doing it? Is there a lot of fear and panic? Maybe that might be a sign that there's intensity around it. Or are you beating yourself up because you only did it 20 when you're planning to do it 30? So those could be warning signs that like, hey, I'm being too intense about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that episode felt good. Yeah, good. Felt good. Okay. I, you know, I was in a real ventral place as we were talking here. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was informative. So these are kind of the eight tips and tricks a lot of times I talk with people about. Yeah. So I hope people can go out and really mix it up. Like explore this a bit. Mm -hmm. Play around with it. If somatic traction is not working for you, that's a good thing to know. Now you can go out and try it all sorts of other different ways. Don't get locked into one way that's not working for you. And a big part, I think, is just remembering, okay, what are those three components? And I can do them in 30 seconds. I can do them in a, you know, a 10 minute sit down and I can do them informally or formally. It's just kind of keeping those aspects in our response to pain. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy, where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Murtaugh MSW RSW.